0: Welcome to episode 84 of Therese Talk. I'm your host, Therese Maine. By day, I co-host a morning radio show on a network in New York and Pennsylvania. By night, I'm a podcaster. If you're a woman like me who loves Jesus and just wants to serve her family and community a little bit better, you're in the right place. Do you sometimes feel like you and your spouse are not on the same page? you need to talk it out. Jennifer Dake is a Christian speaker and author who's taken almost three decades of experience and turned it into conversation starters for couples.
1: 30 some years ago, I started mentoring a group of girls and they were all in fourth grade at the time. And by God's grace, he has allowed me to stay walking life with these girls over The years over distance. We don't all live in the same city anymore. You know, and I have walked with them from essentially childhood through adolescence and their teen years in college and into marriage. But it wasn't just that one group. Every time I moved location, I ended up with another group of elementary, late elementary school girls that I began to walk life with. Well, now I knew this, probably 12 or 13 girls so well that when they got into marriage and they, and you know this, if if you're married, you know this, right? You're in your first month of marriage, the honeymoon's over, the engagement period's over. Everybody who's so excited for you has kind of backed up a little bit because now you're married. And then you have that one fight and you are in tears and you're like, oh no, I married the wrong person. He sleeps with the fan on and can't understand why I want it off. Or he likes crunchy peanut butter and I don't. What are we going to do? Well, because I had relationship with these girls, they would call me in this beginning marriage crisis moment. And through all these different girls who live in all different states, who are really within a decade of age from each other, right? The oldest are now 38, 39, and the youngest are 21 and 22. Every one of them, it came back to the same conversation. Have you had a conversation with your husband about this? Well, no, he should just know. How does he know if you don't? And so because I kept going around and around with all these different girls, different upbringings, and I was like, this is a common theme, is this idea of an unexpressed expectation leading to a tension and a dysfunction. And so I started to dive deeper with them and then with their spouse and mentoring them as couples and saying, what really is making relationships? And when I felt like I had some understanding from them in that age group, I looked at the age group of couples who are in their fifties. And I started to ask questions. What's the biggest thing you struggle with? Where is da-da-da? And it all came back to the same thing. I was shocked. I was like, you've been married for 50 years and you still don't know that basic need because they haven't expressed it and so that's kind of what motivated stuff we fight about it's really the stuff everybody else fought about that i don't want you to fight about
0: (laughs) we have this idea of unmet expectations is the solution to lower our expectations to zero to try to get the person to change or just forget about it
1: No, no, don't lower your expectations to zero because they won't meet zero then. Like, this is my thing. The perfect example. I had a girl tell me she was crying. It was her first year of marriage. They had been married about six months and it was her birthday coming up. And she said, you know, I just, I think I'm going to miss my birthday. And I said, what do you mean? She said, I grew up in a house where on your birthday, you woke up to balloons and everybody celebrated you when you woke up. I just don't think my husband's going to do that. And I said, okay, have you told him you want balloons for your birthday? And she said, no, but he, I know he doesn't know it. And I, I'm not going to tell him that would cheapen my experience. And again, I had these kids, not only as students I mentored, but in my classroom and I was their science teacher for many of them. Right. So I, I looked back at her and I said, okay, if you showed up for your final exam in my classroom, the biggest test you take all year. And I didn't give you a study guide and I didn't tell you what was on it. And I just wanted you to take it. Is that fair? She's like, well, no, you always gave us a study guide. You're right. Because I wanted you to meet the mark. And then some of you blew it out of the water. I said, what if you told your husband, Hey, this was our birthday tradition growing up. And I really loved it. And then he had a starting point. So not only can he meet your expectation, but he can exceed it because he knows, oh, the baseline here is balloons. Wait till you see what, and she's like, I guess i never thought about it that way. And so she went home, she had this conversation with her husband. She said, you know, I really just, I I like this tradition I grew up with. And he's like, that's great. And he did, he blew it out of the water. He had balloons and cake and candles and a card and confetti. And she said, I was so worried that I would wake up and I would feel like it wasn't genuine. But what happened was when I expressed my expectation, I empowered him to do more because he knew what to do and where to go with it. So I don't think we should ever just forget our expectations. I don't think we should lower them. Now, I say that within reason. If your expectation is a trip to Europe for six weeks and you tell them, I want to go to Europe for six weeks, but y'all don't have any money, you're probably not going to get it, right? Like sometimes we need to keep it reasonable, but I don't think we lower it or forget it because we're afraid they can't meet it.
0: It feels like you could have written a book, but instead... You kind of made, it's not quite a game, but these conversation cards that are a little bit more manageable and kind of fun. Why did you decide to do this instead of writing just like a regular book?
1: Okay, this is the best part. I did write a book. I wrote a really long book with thousands and thousands of words. And I put all these questions in there. And my editors at Ink and Willow got a hold of it. And they said, who do you think is going to read this? And I said, girls, I think the girls will read it. And they said, yeah, we think so too. How do you think a boy will feel when a girl, either his fiance or his new wife brings out this? I said, they're probably not going to like it. And we all kind of laughed about it. And we said, what can we do to take the content and the heart of this and make it manageable for boys, for girls, for young couples, for old couples, and something that people want to do? And so we changed it into conversation cards for couples and all of my writing, when you get the box and you open it up, it looks like grandma's recipe box. You open it up. There's this little fold out pamphlet in the beginning and all of my writing for each chapter got knocked down to about 300 words. And we put that 300 words on that pamphlet and it's an intro to the sections. So one is like pet peeves and the biggest fights and um, special occasions, the future. They all now have this very short introduction, but the heart of it is to say, Hey, you're going on a trip, throw it in your suitcase. You're in the car, put it in your glove box. I have um, friends right now who've been married 50 years and they are taking that trip to Europe, right? with another couple and they put it in their carry on to do on the airplane and to take around with them to Europe because they said we've been married 50 years and sometimes we just don't know what to talk about so it's fun to go back and talk about things maybe we never have i have a couple that um, really is the heart of stuff we fight about one of the girls that i wrote it for originally and she and her husband keep theirs in the glove box of the car because they, they have a young baby. They're like, that's the only time that we can have direct conversation and not be sidetracked. So we leave it in the glove box of our car and we choose to talk about it when we're driving from one place to another. And so the format, this unbound book in a decorative box, is really to be user-friendly.
0: I love that you're still an author. You know, some people write novels, but you wrote a pamphlet. And <laughs> <laughs> I know. Pamphlets are very powerful.
1: Okay, <laughs> my husband, when this came out and we got the first copy of it, because he would see me at the computer just writing and writing and cutting and writing and editing. And when we got the first copy, he looked at me and he goes, "So it's a box." <laughs> and he like the look on his face. And my husband is very literal, very type A. He goes, "I told people at the office you wrote a book," <laughs> and I said, "Well, it is a book. It's a gift book." And he goes. But it's a box. I said, it's an unbound book in a box. <laughs> this was our stuff that we fight about now all the time. People will be like, oh, you wrote a book? And I'll say, yes, I did. And he goes, it's a box.
0: <laughs> See, men and women were very different. <laughs> I know that you talked about some of the different things uh, like day to day or pet peeves or the big issues. You know, there's things like money and screen time and household. How did you decide what areas you were going to address? Was there like some big science behind it or was it just life experience with your, your girls?
1: I think a lot of it was life experience. And then the one thing that may have moved beyond simple life experience was I really wanted to touch on topics we don't always talk about, especially within the church. There are certain topics we don't talk about. And I think they're really important for young couples. And so whether or not, and not young in age, but young in relationship, I, whether or not I had had the conversation, I would have the conversation, right? If they, if my girls came to me and said, Hey, let's talk about sex. Let's talk about money. Let's talk. Some of those conversations, I went to them and I said, Hey, I don't know if you've had this conversation yet, but we're going to have it. And so when we would talk through that and they would come back to me and say, that was so helpful. And I, you know, ended up talking to my husband about it and it just took so much anxiety or fear away. Those also got put into the box. So it was common threads. I had a market test group of girls between the ages of 25 and 40 that I would send stuff out and I would say, how do you feel about these questions? Do you think they're pertinent to where you are in your young marriage? That was really fun for me to get their feedback. But every one of them came back with, yeah, we really need to have hard conversations. So while there's a section in the book about pet peeves, which is fun, it's totally fun. My husband and I pull that one out on car trips and we try to guess each other's pet peeves. And sometimes they'll say, no, I know this is your pet peeve. He's like, that doesn't bother me. And I'm like, then why do you do this every time I do it? You know, like we also put in those deep, deep conversations because that's where the foundation of a relationship is built.
0: As I'm reading your bio on Amazon, I noticed that it doesn't talk specifically about your faith. Now, I know you, and I know your passion mm-hmm. for the Lord. I know that you're a grad of Dallas Theological Seminary, that you've studied biblical studies and theology, but is this a Christian resource, or okay. is this an everybody resource? And if it's the second, does it have Christian influence in it?
1: It was originally written as a devotional, biblical truth steeped in Scripture, When we cut all of the words down and we sat down to say, who is the audience for this? I didn't want to say you have to be a Christian to understand the principles of it, but the principles are very biblical based. It's the idea of you're going to walk through hardship and God's going to bring beauty out of it. Some of these conversations and these fights that you have early in your marriage really are to build strength. Because marriage has value and importance to it. And so as I talked to my editors and we made some choices, I said, I would rather have this come out almost neutral. It's not completely neutral. When we get into the holiday section, it very much talks about Christmas and it doesn't include a bunch of other holidays of other faiths. It's it's Christmas. You could use the same questions to talk about anything, but but we kept those areas. But my heart and my desire is to produce in the future, a devotional guide that goes with this, that brings in all of the scripture and brings all of that writing we cut out back. And so there, there is that conversation of how do we draw this back in? But knowing our first goal was to save marriages, right? That's the foundation of my heart is how do we get people in marriage to stay in marriage and keep family units intact? Well, we do that through conversation. We do that through making sure they are expressing their expectations. And when we have that security and you come full circle, then my hope is now let's bring Christ into marriages and let's bring into spaces it may not already be, right? But for a Christian couple who reads this, I think as they go through those itty bitty little intros to each section, they will see God's hand in that. I hope they
0: do. So you and your husband, since you're a marriage expert, must never fight. <laughs> we don't. We never fight. No, we... Um, you discuss loudly with passion. We
1: discuss loudly with passion. We deal. And we fight a lot. I mean, there are times my kids, my poor sweet daughter, the other day cried. I was like, why are you crying? She's like, you and Daddy are having a fight. And I just looked at her, I'm like, you and Caleb fight? that's her brother, right? I'm like, mommy and daddy are are humans living in the same house with the same space with a lot of other stuff. Like we're going to have fights. And, you know, we've known each other 30 years. We've been married 12 years. I think you, you have those fights, but what has changed and what I try to bring to other people is the way that we fight and the ability, each one of us to come back full circle and be like, wow, I really overreacted to that. Or, you know what? I didn't see your point first. I I was interpreting it differently. My husband and I, when we got married, our first year of marriage, of course we fought, everybody does. If you don't do it your first year, you're definitely going to do it your second. You got to adjust to being in that space together. But our first year of marriage, we looked at each other and we had a very intense conversation after a fight over peanut butter. And we said and reminded each other that every one of our choices comes out of love. I have to believe that about him because he asked me to marry him, right? He married me because he loved me. And I said, yes, because I loved him. And so we try to lay that border, that baseline of, even if I don't understand what you're asking, or I don't like how you asked it, or it feels wrong, In the depths of my soul, I have to believe it's coming out of love. The motivation here is love because that's what the foundation of our marriage is on. And if it's motivated out of love, then we can have a conversation so it feels that way. We have a lot of fights that don't feel that way, but we try to come (laughs) back there.
0: I think it's important for people to hear that a fight-free marriage is probably not a reality for anyone. I
1: think it's true. I think that's why so many young, like, Young in age and young in marriage, first year marriage, they have that first fight over whatever. Right. Sleeps with the window open, doesn't do his dishes, whatever the random thing is. And then it's like, I must have married the wrong person. Mm -hmm. And you're like, no, it's okay. It's just a growing point.
0: It's called Stuff We Fight About, Conversation Cards for Couples by Jennifer Dake. I'm including a link in the show notes for this episode. If you've enjoyed this episode of Therese Talk, be sure to subscribe. And if you really loved it, consider making a gift to Family Life, the ministry this podcast is a part of. Just go to familylife.org and find out more about what we do. Did you know we offer a variety of Family Life podcasts, from Family Life news to Family Life kids. There's The Calling, a podcast for pastors that focuses on personal and professional challenges they face in the mission to serve the Lord, and 10 Minutes With, an interview program with faith-based artists and speakers. They're all free and on demand at familylife.org podcast.